This hour is sponsored by BitCentral, efficient media workflows. is NAB Show Live. Welcome back to NAB Show Live by Broadcast Beat. We are at the 2019 NAB Show. Boy, it's been a jam-packed, jam-packed, yes, jam-packed, fun-filled two days. And uh, my name is Brian Sethurst. I'm your host for this hour. And we're going to be talking about AR for the first segment. And then we're going to be talking about 360 ad tech for the second segment. Joining me this afternoon are Irina Cronin, CEO of Infinite Retina, Michael Magar, founder and CEO of Quantum Era, Renee Amador, founder and co founder and CEO of AR Wall, and Azad Abbasi, founder and CEO of. Genius XR. Wow, okay, got that. So um, we're going to get right into it. AR is like, it seems like it's exploding. Mm. And in the interest of full disclosure, I've had the opportunity to work with Michael, I have the opportunity to work with Azad, and I have had the opportunity to work with Arena, so I know where their skill sets are. And now I chase down Renee and AR Wall and hope to work with them soon. So awesome. we're going to go through this. Uh, each, each is a different iteration. Um, so Michael, we're going to start with you. Can you tell us a little bit about Quantum Era and then we'll run your video. So Quantum Era is a company that takes history, but history from the perspective of people, not the perspective of like major events or, or the generals or whoever ran those events, but the people who experienced those events. And we also look at history in terms of like science. If we're talking about science, we talk about the history of the person that came up with the idea, not, not how you split an atom. In augmented reality? In augmented reality, reality, yes. So can you talk about any of that, or are we going to see some of that? We'll see a little bit of it. We'll see the Alamo, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit about what we're working on right now. Uh, the thing that we, that we have been working on is working, oh, so the Alamo's running. So this is. Uh, at the, at the grounds of the Alamo, you walk in through a portal and you can see the Alamo the way it was in 1836. And as you spin around, that's what the Alamo looked like in 1836. And it's, it's in the exact spot where you would have stood at, at the Alamo. Most of these buildings don't exist anymore. Uh, they were torn down. And there's our portal looking back out into it and you can see the Alamo Plaza. And there's the headquarters where General Travis was and you can see where all the battle took place. Now, in this application, you'll be able to stand where different people defended the battle and watch them defend the battle from that position. And mm -hmm. so we have animated characters that fight the battle. In so you're in the historical experience. You're in the historical experience. Now, we're building Gettysburg right now, and uh, that is our next historical experience. And you'll be able to see the Battle of Gettysburg on the location where the battle took place. I have to say, again, full disclosure, I've been working on Gettysburg with you, and it's been, it's been unbelievable. Just the chance to give other people a different understanding of what happened at Gettysburg than what you read in history books or actually even what you experience by touring the battlefield right now. So AR is holding this promise of a, forgive me, a more immersive experience of what history is. Exactly. And if you're, if you're standing at the spot where General Pickett launched his attack, if you're just there without AR, you just see this big grassy field. 
But if you're standing there where they are, you watch him launch the attack from that spot. You see the cannon fire start to come at you and come at the, at the troops as they're marching across the battlefield. And you're not seeing just a few troops, you're seeing the 12,000 troops that marched across the field. And you get to watch that happen. So I just want to, I saw your tagline briefly. What's the tagline? The tagline. Uh, history, the history of the future? The future, the, the future of the history. The future, of, future history. of history. Yes. This is pretty interesting. It's great. <laughs> so, all right, we're going to go to Renee. Now, this is something different, AR wall. And it's, most people think of augmented reality exactly as um, what Michael presented, what Azad will present. We'll talk a little bit about enterprise in AR. But AR wall is different. Should we run yeah. the video first or give you a little chance to introduce it or? Um, yeah, I can tell you a little bit about it first. Uh, so AR Wall, we're an uh, augmented reality technology company. We started off in January 2017, so we're just over a little over two years old. And um, yeah, we just opened up a Burbank production lab. We call it the AR Lab. And we're creating something a little bit new. This is uh, not mobile, not headsets. We call it large scale AR. And it's approaching uh, things that are basically the size of a TV or larger. The largest deployment we've done is 45 feet by 15 feet. That's a gigantic uh, LED video wall. So that's the type of stuff that we're up to for filmmakers. Uh, really, we've created an alternative to green screen using gigantic LED video walls. That's mostly what we've been up to. And then this year, we just released an interactive platform using the same core technology. And I just want to say, we did an hour segment featuring the technology on Sunday? Saturday? Sunday, yeah. Sunday. So when you go back to Broadcast Beat, you can actually pull this up and go in more depth and understand what the offering of AR Wall is. But for now, we'll see the explainer that yeah. tells you what it is. Remember on cool. Sunday you talked a little bit about that the idea was to bring collaboration back to the set. Can you speak a little bit to that? Yeah, myself, uh, my background is as a commercial director and uh, prior to that I was a visual effects artist. So I come from this world of post and visual effects and, and uh, as a commercial director that often means that you end up being the one uh, uh, doing those green screen composites at the very end for some you know, straggling shot that never got done by the visual effects team. Um, so it's in those moments where you're uh, painting out hair frame by frame that you go, gosh, there's got to be a better way here. Um, so just coming from that perspective and that background, um, that's how we came up with this. And that's how we thought this, this, this is the new technology, this is the new way to create these types of composites. So what, 
I feel, and we did talk about this briefly, so I really recommend that people go back and watch that, but this is disruption of the film industry, but it also is very accessible to people who are just entering the film industry. They are able to work with these tools. And you said 40% savings. Yeah, so, yeah, so I mean, as a tech, as a, as a tech guy, um, I don't like to use the word disruption. I, I actually think of it another way. I think that green screen is a hiccup in, the, in, in content creation. Somewhere between like 80s and, and today, there was this period where we thought, okay, we're gonna use gigantic green walls. And I think in history, they're gonna come back and go, what the heck were they thinking uh, doing all that stuff? You could just you know, show the CG right there on set. Um, that's basically what we were coming back to. So it's like rear projection um, was, what, was what people were using prior to green screen to make it look like an actor's was in front of somewhere that they're not. Um, and we're basically returning to that same type of discipline, just with a lot more gadgets and goodies and, and cool tech. People do invest in disruption, though, so <laughs> I'm just saying. So. Sure, we're, dis we're as disruptive as you want us to be. <laughs> and each, each disruptive share costs them. Um, Azad, so one of, the, one of the advantages in this industry, and Arena can speak to this as well, is that you've got to work with companies who are willing to forget what they know for a moment, get in, learn new technologies, and actually hack. And having worked with you just on the VR level and watching what you're doing in AR, uh, because I can say to you, and this is what's great for producers and storytellers, to be, I mean, I'm not saying you're just a tech person, you're a storyteller as well, that's why you understand storytellers, but to be able to say, I want to do this. Can you make this happen? So I'd like you, we have, I think we have two videos from you. Yes. So uh, do you want to set so them up? I don't know which one's I can one's kind of explain first. it a little bit first. So basically I'll tell you about Genius XR. We started as a marketing company in 2006. In 2011 we got into AR and then obviously VR 2012. Our background is really about understanding what a brand needs. So the storytelling comes there. We like to call it the future of storytelling or storytelling of the future, future storytelling. Mm -hmm. You and Michael would get along great. <laughs> yes, so we're all kind of storytellers, right? Yeah. From the future. From the future. <laughs> or the past. Um, and so basically what we try to do is to create AR that's actually useful, right? Not just a little pop-up or something that looks cool, but to actually make it useful and to also put the story. Now, it's a really different format. How do we tell this story? How do we go about it? And that's what we've been discovering for the last five years, which is great. And now we're at a place where we could actually do what we imagine, because five years ago we would want to do portals and it was very hard. We'd want to make 3D people talk very hard. And another thing that we've been working on is humanizing the 3D world. What I mean by that is bringing real objects into the 3D world. So an example is volumetric filming, right? So what I'm going to show you guys is the founder of Cirque du Soleil that created an app that wanted to showcase how he could show himself to his audience at home. Basically what he wanted to do was to be in people's houses without actually being there, but he didn't want to be in 3D, he wanted to be in real life. So we captured them in volumetric, and now you could place Guy La Liberté inside your house. That's only if you donate, though. So the video's gonna... The <laughs> nice video, business model. Yes, that's the whole storytelling part. So it starts off with a book where you scan the book, 
It invites you to a specific party. You go to the party. If you donate, you get a postcard where there's a code. And in that code, it, it, there's the app. Once you get the app, you can get to see Guy La Liberté inside your home. And he thanks you personally for donating. So the video and then complains about the lack of hors d'oeuvres. No, I'm just kidding. Yes, sometimes. <laughs> okay, so, so I don't, we have two videos. I'm not sure what we'll be seeing first, but let's go. basically showcasing where the donations end up going. So at the event, you had these markers on the floor where you could scan and get a portal to see where the, uh, the money goes actually, where they're helping, where one drop actually does the donations and all the work. So that's cool, that's our hallway at the office. We have a cool little hallway so you see the portal. And that's the shape of the logo. And the second video, I think it has sound. So this is just the app for now. And this is where you get to see E inside your home. Thank you, thank you, thank you for supporting OneDrop by buying one of this art piece. Uh, by doing so, you're helping us to help over 200,000 people in Latin America. And so by lots doing of tech was used here, content. volumetric capturing, artificial intelligence, and all kinds of really techy, cool stuff. It really, you know, the imagination goes wild as to what you can do. So, Irina, you and I have talked about, thank you, you and I have talked about uh, enterprise moving ahead of entertainment mm -hmm. and the use of AR in enterprise. As a matter of fact, we're working together in some of those applications. Yes. Can you talk about the promise of AR in enterprise? Well, uh, AR in enterprise has already been happening for several years. So just to give you an example, on the manufacturing floor and logistics, um, picking uh, products uh, in, in, a, in a large warehouse, um, so these things have been happening since around 2011, 2012. Uh, granted that it's not full uh, AR, like what people are envisioning Apple might do in 2020 with their headset, but it's enough of, of a AR features that qualify it to have uh, some kind of AR capability. So when you think of AR, so for example, I mean obviously we're using mobile devices and we can use mobile devices, right. but there's also, uh, training and customer service and surgery and all these things that are happening oh my with gosh. display, right? Yeah. Okay, so there, there are two different uh, ways of looking at AR right now. Uh, you have the mobile AR, which is with AR Kit and AR Core with which is iPhone what we've and seen. Android, right? And then you have the headsets. So headsets have been evolving, like I said, since even earlier than 2011. Uh, what's happening now, though, is that you're, you can get full-fledged AR with a headset, uh, three-dimensional, and you'll be able to move it and walk through it, okay? Um, so uh, basically, for enterprise, there's both mobile AR is being used uh, in many different ways, see-through. You know, you could use a tablet also to be able to walk through a floor and see things better. Uh, auto companies are using AR to build uh, cars, to train, 
Um, as you said, customer service. Um, I'm working with a couple of companies now that are using it for marketing and sales internally. Um, it's for uh, training for uh, in internally for human resources, so et cetera. So you say, because you and I have talked about that your company is devoted or dedicated to spatial computing. Yes. So while people, while we're sitting here talking about AR, there's this larger category, right? Of yes. spatial computing. Yes, so let me explain what that is. Um, spatial computing is everything that you would need to walk through a 3D world. Okay, so that includes... Our, our world or... It could be a mixture, so that's AR, where you have the real world and something layered on top of that, which is AR. It could be a VR, which is a totally immersive, where you're outside of the, inside uh, a fictional world and outside of a real world. Uh, basically, it includes AI, so it includes all the machine learning, natural language processing, computer vision, anything that aids you to be able to do that. Also, it fits for autonomous vehicles. That's spatial computing. So it uses computer vision on the outside and it calibrates what's happening when you move through a 3D world. So now we'll, <laughs> when we look at, everybody has a mobile phone. Yes. So we're all able Pretty to- Pretty much. <laughs> so, and smartphones at that. Yeah. So, and the, the resolution is getting deeper and in depth field, depth cameras and, yeah. and all of that. So this is like the first wave, right? Mm. So when, when Azad and Michael and what they're doing, when they want to put people inside just regular eyeglasses, mm -hmm. how far off is that? Oh. So people aren't using the mobile phone, and I'm not talking about Google Glass. Yeah. I'm talking <laughs> about something that actually looks stylish and fashionable, yeah. but that you're able to suddenly have your world enhanced. So I'm, I'm going to walk through Gettysburg, and I don't need any, I don't need a tablet. Absolutely. Where's the processing power that would make that possible, and where are the, when? Okay, <laughs> when and how. Okay. So there's a very well-founded rumor that Apple will come out with a headset in 2020. A well-founded rumor. Yes, uh, yes, I can tell you that right now. Um, part of the rumor says that it'll be powered by their phones. Okay, so the phone itself is a very powerful computer. That's how advanced so the, the phone is. So the power, processing power for what goes on here will come from? Your cell phone. Your cell phone. Exactly. That's a rumor, it's possible. Magic Leap has their uh, computer in a, a, a puck like this and you put it around your waist or wherever you want to put it. Uh, HoloLens has it in the back of their headset here and it's not very heavy. So it depends on the configuration and what kinds of visuals you want to give um, that produces where you would like the power to come from. So now, um, what happens is you have developers, like, so, I mean, obviously you guys have an SDK for people that are going to, to want to work with interactive, the interactive sets that you have. Every time we go somewhere, like even today, we toured a booth and it's like, well, now we need to know how to develop and there's so many questions that need to be answered. When you, Imagine, do you go in search, not you, Renee, because you have what we need, but do you guys go in search of what you need to make something real? Do you look for companies that are on the cutting edge that can assist you in the story that you want to tell? And we're constantly looking at what's, what's coming. Uh, we, we try to future-proof what we're building so that, that we, we don't build something that's very expensive and then all of a sudden a new device comes out and won't play on that device. And so that, that's, that's always in our mind as we're, we're trying to reach toward the future is what we're doing. 
So are there standards in AR? I mean, you have AR Kit and you have Android Studio, but now you're talking about Magic Leap and you're talking right. about... Yeah, they have so their own operating systems. There are some standards, yeah. I'd say. So AR Core, AR Kit, Vuforia, obviously, this first one that we used. We also developed our own Genius XR that has mm -hmm. AI as well, and we're trying to bring volumetric in there just at a high quality. That's our issue now. Um, 5G might help us for the user, but still not on our side. So we're just working more with AI right now. So we're also developing ourselves, but we also use AR Core and AR Kit. Vuforia is cool, but not as much. And I'd say those are the standards for now. Then there's obviously Mixed Reality by Microsoft and Lunar by um, Magic Leap. So uh, all of these choices, obviously you want to be able to go to every platform, every phone. Um, yes, there are two leading phones, but you want to be able to go to the headsets. Is this relatively expensive to do? To Because in the beginning, even in standards for virtual reality headsets, mm -hmm. you had to do this format, this sound format, this video format. Is AR more standardized? It's pretty, um, it's pretty I'd standardized. Yes. Uh, and we use we use Unity, which is very standard game engine to, yeah. to produce what we do, and, and so that that kind of helps us in terms of future proofing because pretty much anything that's going to be interactive or showing these events is going to happen with Unity or a game engine like Unity. Now I have a question for you. So we're able to, when you're filming, you, you have these large screen backgrounds. Is it possible that you will be adapting these things so that people can create their own backgrounds and shoot themselves? <laughs> Maybe by using a television at home or using a slide behind a mobile phone. I mean, are you looking at that as well? Are you talking about like a consumer a consumer version? Is that what you're getting at? Yeah, because you know, people, <laughs> uh, when you look at YouTube and when you look at 360 consumer cameras, you look at this stuff coming out pretty quickly and people just saying, oh, that's a $299 camera. I'm gonna play with that and see, see what I can do with that. And then you had YouTube creators all because of a GoPro. So the ability to create more professional-like content is that something that's in your roadmap? You can, I, I, I mean, I realize I'm crossing <laughs> um, a boundary here, but. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, we, we're, we're technologists, but we're also actual creators ourselves. I'm a, I'm a filmmaker myself. So putting, democratizing the technology and putting it into the hands of more people, that's obviously a huge component of what we're up to. Um, you know, if you're John Favreau or you're J.J. Abrams, one of these guys, you've got this type of technology. You've got all the toys. It's for everyone else that is looking to, uh, you know, get what's in their imagination out there. That's the people that, that we're going after. So, I mean, to quickly answer your question, um, yes, consumer is on the roadmap. What that's actually going to take the form of, whether that's TVs, whether that's projection uh, conceivably, um, we, don't, we don't quite know yet. That's still a little ways out. Um, what we are working on is um, something consumer-facing that would be interactive, an interactive platform. So basically, instead of tracking um, the camera's perspective, which is an active tracker sitting on top of the camera, um, we would use depth cameras to track an individual's perspective. So this is uh, tracking this point right here in the bridge of your nose. Um, that's the stuff that's getting consumers really excited. Uh, and the interesting thing is, when we're talking to entertainment brands, like we go to these big studios and they got this big movie coming out, right? We're talking to them in the pre-production process about creating this real-time content. 
then as soon as the production uh, begins and we're kind of deploying and everything's kind of like in shooting, we're already talking then talking to the marketers about okay now the you know we have to talk about an interactive movie poster some type of cool AR wall thing that's going to happen at Comic Con or some convention or something like that. But even uh, so, just imagining at theaters interactive movie posters as you're yeah. waiting for tickets, being able to interact with it, send it, share it, it's pretty cool. So yeah. along those lines, we have a couple minutes left for fast predictions. Next year at this time, what are we going to be talking about, Zad? I think we're really going to be talking about volumetric capturing because it actually is going to humanize the 3D world. This is what's missing. And we call it one capture for them all. So you could do your capture in volumetric, bring it to 2D, to 3D, to VR, to AR, and hopefully holograms soon. We're just missing the, the, the hardware. But I really believe that this new way of capturing is it. And I would include, I would include light field capture yes. in, in, in volumetric and photogrammetry. One year from now, Renee. Uh, so I, I agree there. Volumetric is huge. It's the number one question that we get. How do you do volumetric capture for video, of environments, of people, that type of stuff? I think um, the other component to that is 5G. It's like the new buzzword that everybody's talking about, 5G this, 5G that. So uh, for us, we're looking at that and how to potentially use that uh, for markers and tracking and that type of stuff. I think that's probably what we're going to be talking about next year. Michael, one year from now. I think we'll be talking about some sort of device like glasses that fits on your face that, that you can use. Uh, not a lot of people will have it, so we'll still be doing phones. But you know, it's interesting because when you mention that, you go to the theater and you get your 3D glasses. Yeah. Conceivably, I could go to Gettysburg and get those glasses. Get a pair of glasses. And tour the park with your application. Yeah, yeah. So it's, but there's a lot of infrastructure that has to help with that along the way, but I, I, I think if, as long as what we're talking about is next year, we're going to be talking about glasses and new display devices. What, what actually is in the consumer's hands will be sometime down the road from there. And when it comes to you in a year prediction, I say, show me the money. No. <laughs> next year, um, I predict that there will, there will be several AR headsets coming out from major companies that I am aware of that are making them. And uh, I differ a little bit in uh, the analysis that was just given. I think consumers will have it in their hands uh, fairly soon into 2020. Okay, I'm holding you <laughs> to these predictions. And if we all come back next year, we'll just see where we stand. I always call Arena to get the scuttlebutt. Like I call <laughs> her and say, what's, okay, I just read this report. What's really going on? So. <laughs> Azad, Renee, Michael, Arena, thank you so much for being with us today and joining us on NAB Show Live. We'll be right back to talk about 360 advertising and ad tech. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Wow, look at that. This hour is sponsored by BitCentral, efficient media workflows.